0: Hello, I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church. I'm Jim Richards, and I'll tell you what, I've got great news for you that I'm going to share with you today. We're going to be talking about God's incredible love for you. You know, for the last several weeks, we have been talking about connecting to the heart of God. Now, listen, if you haven't seen those broadcasts, you might want to go back and watch every one of those as soon as you finish listening to this, because I'm telling you, we built on some incredibly important information about connecting to God and and how this relationship really works is a heart-to-heart relationship. And today I want to talk to you about the root of emotional stability. You know, emotional stability is something that is lacking in this country and this world today but you can have a stability where you feel safe where you feel good about yourself and you have a biblically based sense of self-worth and you can really walk through almost anything without getting rattled or getting shaken so listen don't go away i'll be right back and we're going to continue this thought You know, I've got a great free gift for you this month. It's a message called The Extravagant Love of God. I'm going to tell you something. I want you to get saturated in how much God loves you because then you're going to fall in love with Him and your life is going to work the way it's supposed to. Listen, before I dive into the message, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure and click the like icon on the screen below because every time you click a like or subscribe, it causes thousands more people to get to hear these messages. That means we're helping people all over the world. Now let's just dive into this, the root of emotional stability. See, what we're going to be talking about today is going to address really uh, one of the most crucial messages uh, that you could ever hear because because this is going to get down to your core values. You know, we all have some some core values. Actually, we all have the same core values. We just don't know it. Uh, we create mental ideas of different values. But the real truth is uh, our deepest core value, because the word love itself means value, is to feel loved. And If that part of our life is not happening, and I'm not talking about having the information that somebody loves us, I'm talking about feeling loved. If that is not happening, our life will never be whole. We will never be who God's called us to be. We'll never quite live our destiny. Our faith will never just quite work. And that's why this series that I have this month, Knowing and Feeling the Love of God, is such an incredibly important series. Now, many people make the statement that they know that God loves them, but it, then it doesn't produce anything in their life. And this is the product of mere uh, intellectual information. And that's why in this series, I spent the last four messages Message is talking about connecting to the heart of God, because we don't just want to pass on a bunch of information. Like I said, this is a heart-to-heart relationship. This is us being real and sincere and genuine and honest and vulnerable uh, with God, and God being real and sincere and honest and vulnerable with us. This is us sharing an intimacy that the closest thing on earth is two people who are passionately in love, and 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 they they marry they make a commitment you know you know marriage uh, gives us a type of our relationship with god there has to be that commitment there's no relationship without the commitment and that's really sort of the way it is in marriage if there if there's no commitment to a lifetime relationship then the real truth is it's not going to be intimate it's not going to be sweet it's not going to be precious it's not going to be valuable you know at least not to both people involved now i'll tell you Nothing about your life or your faith will ever be as it should until you are actually experiencing the love of God. Now listen, the first time I preached this series, I've always, the love of God's always been probably the the core motivator of everything that I've always taught. Even though I didn't always understand it the way I understand it now, I did always understand that uh, the greatest commandment was love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. Love your neighbor as yourself. Always understood that. Always understood that God was good. In fact, it was a revelation of God's love that, that brought me to salvation, to com- making a commitment to Jesus. But 26 years ago, when I preached this series for the first time, knowing and feeling the love of God, I would have never imagined how far off the track the church world could become uh, in, in being able to walk in love, being able to connect to God's love, being able to have loving relationship with God and loving relationship with people. You know, It just seems like religious people are getting more and more divisive, uh, meaner, uh, and no matter what they believe, even if they believe in grace and love and all these kinds of things, uh, they, they seem to be getting more legalistic in their, in their own ways. So I had no idea of some of the factors that needed to be brought into this. And this is why we have spent weeks talking about connecting to the heart of God, um, but because this is a love relationship that has to happen between two people. Now, listen, some of you have heard my testimony. You've heard me talk about this, and I'm not going to go into a lot of it. But I went went through a lot of anger when I I was a child. And I went through some physical abuse when I was a child. I went through some emotional abuse. And so, you know, for me, for years and years and years, when I woke up, when I came to consciousness every morning, the first emotion that I felt was anger. And I just woke up angry angry every single morning. You know, this is one of the reasons uh, that I did drugs to the extent that I did them. I, I, had, to, I had to have something to mask and, and kind of bring these negative emotions I had, just bring them down a few notches so that just wasn't out of control all the time. And, you know, I got to tell you, today when I wake up nearly every morning, the first realization I have is I feel loved. Now, that's an incredible thing, and that's what I want for you. I want for you not just to be able to quote scriptures about love, not just to be able to have the doctrine about love, but I want you to actually feel it because if you don't feel the love of God, then I got news for you. It's not going to affect your life. It's not going to change the way you relate to people. It's not going to help your faith. It's not going to help any any part of your life. It's just going to be information that you spout out every now and then when you're trying to make yourself feel better, and it might make you feel better for a minute, uh, because you can remember it, but you know, it goes away pretty fast. Listen, we have this tendency to think and to call ourselves spirit beings. I don't hear that as much as I used to, but i tell you for years in the charismatic word of faith movement, it was sort of like, I am a spirit being. No, we're spiritual beings. And we actually have a soul, and that soul is the place where we experience feelings and emotions. Now, for many years, the value of the soul was completely diminished. In fact, there was a a guy named Watchman Nee that many books were written in his name that he actually did not write himself. But in those books, it made the soul uh, almost on the same level as demonic activity, as if there was something horrible about the soul of man. Well, I got news for you. The soul... Is part of how God created us. God has a soul. His soul isn't 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 evil. Um, we have a soul. We have the which means we have the capacity for emotions. And the soul is neither good nor bad. The soul is just where we experience, uh, really, uh, the information that comes in, into us either from the flesh, from the world around us, or from the spirit, which is is alive to God. Now remember, you have five senses in your flesh: taste, touch, smell, you know, uh, uh, hearing, uh, seeing. And so with this five senses, you gather information from the world around you. And when you gather this information, number one, whatever you place your attention on uh, grows. In your, in your mind and your ability to experience whatever you're looking at grows. And then, then the, then the uh, value that you place on and the judgments that you place on what you're seeing or hearing or tasting or smelling, all of that causes you to have heightened emotional experiences. But likewise, in our spirit man, the Bible mirrors the same five senses, taste and see that the Lord is good, hear you know, the voice of the Lord, all of these kinds of things. Um, or smell the sweet savor, you know, uh, of God. All We have the same five senses mirrored in the spirit realm. Now, just like the information that comes into us through our five flesh senses, Come into our soul. They're mixed with our, our thoughts. In other words, we assess them, we pass judgments about them, and then we have emotions that emerge based on how we interpret that information. That's the same thing that happens when something happens in the spirit realm. We don't experience it until it comes into our soul. Now, we, we, because we have minimized the soul, we have minimized the power of feelings. And today we're talking about, you know, discovering uh, emotional stability. This means that you want to be at a place where your emotions are not driving you into unbelief, driving you into disobedience, driving you into uh, self-destruction. Uh, you want your emotions to support godly, healthy decisions and confirm those godly, healthy decisions. Now, here's an interesting thing, and, and people deny this all the time, but it's true. We all follow our feelings. Now, this is the difference between us and God. God has the capacity to experience all the exact same hurts and sorrows that we have. The difference is He is never led by those because He is driven by His character, by His truth, by His nature, by who He is. And we could be that way too if we chose to be, if we just stopped letting our emotions drive us around and dictate you know how how we live, how we think, and how we act. Now, many people would immediately say, "I listen, I am not. I am not led by my feelings. I, I you know," and they become argument, Argumentative. I've had people in counseling hundreds of times. I am not led by my feelings. I live by faith. No, no, no. So here's the question I would ask them. So okay, let me ask you this: When you feel depressed, do do you make people happy? Well, no. Okay, well, then let me ask you this. When you feel angry, do you find yourself encouraging people or, or, or making people feel safe? Uh, well, no. Okay. When people have, 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 have been angry to you or people have mistreated you and, and they have hurt you, do you find yourself bringing healing to other people? Well, no. Okay, so when you're afraid, do you inspire courage? No. Okay, so the truth is we all eventually follow our feelings. Now, this is where the commitment to lordship comes in. See, lordship is probably one of the most undervalued, misunderstood concepts of the new covenant. And I'm telling you, lordship is the place that you enter into the new covenant. If you, you know, if you are not relating to Jesus as Lord, I'm not sure, I'm not sure how you're relating to him because the Bible says that first there has to be belief in the heart that God actually raised Jesus up from the dead, just like the scripture says, and and that Jesus actually accomplished what the scripture says. But then secondly, there's got to be a confession or an acknowledge or saying the same thing that you intend in your heart. It's not just saying the words that, that, that Jesus is Lord. And it says that when we believe this in our heart and when we have made this confession, then we experience salvation. So, So I'm not sure where this puts people who just trust Jesus to be Savior but absolutely have no commitment to Him as Lord. I'm not saying they're not saved. I'm not saying they are saved. I am just saying when you take these scriptures, as they are said, it means that lordship is incredibly, incredibly important. See, if Jesus is Lord, then that means we have chosen to be a disciple. Now, if we've chosen to be a disciple, that means we're following His teaching, we're following His lifestyle, we're following His interpretation of the Word of God. So this means that we have the opportunity to choose our beliefs and our lifestyle based on His teaching and based on uh, uh, His example. So... uh, The last thing that Jesus said before departing planet Earth was this, you know, preach the gospel to everybody, make them all disciples, and teach them to follow all of the things that I have commanded. Now, commands are authoritative prescriptions that tell you how to manage your life to solve problems, how to keep your life from becoming sick. You've got a prescription that will, that will absolutely protect you. And so there's no difference between the commands of the Old Testament and the commands of the New Testament other than the fact that Jesus says you have to do this by walking in love. So we're going to come back. We're going talk about walking in love. We're going to be talking about emotional stability. We're going to be talking about how to bring yourself to this place where the love of God becomes your anchor and your stability. I'll be right back. Don't go away. You know, there is nothing more important for every aspect of your spiritual life your physical life your emotional life than knowing and feeling the love of God. Yes, I said feeling. I'm not talking about just having information, just quoting verses. I'm talking about experiencing a connection with God that you can feel when you feel the love of God. Many things just change in your life effortlessly. Number 1, when you feel the love of God, your self-worth is transformed and you start experiencing and having this sense of incredible value that God has for you. Second thing that happens when you're experiencing the love of God is your faith explodes because faith works by love. In other words, the more you experience God's love, the more you trust Him. And when you experience God's love, you're gonna find that you will effortlessly uh, show love to other people because when you are knowing and experiencing God's love, it just comes out of you. This is gonna be one of the most important series you've ever had. You know, basically, Jesus brought everything that He taught into two commandments. And those two commandments were, number one, to believe on Him, and that means to believe on Him as the Scripture says, you know, not just believe in general or believe your ideas about Him, but to believe on Him as the Word of God says and to walk in love. Now, people get confused by that and they start thinking, oh, see, so none of God's commandments then or are, 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 none of the Old Testament commandments are valid. No, Jesus taught the Old Testament commandments. And the difference was He taught them from a a perspective or from a motive and an interpretation based of they had to be applied by love or they weren't really being applied at all. See if we don't if we don't walk something out in the way that God intended it, then then even though we might be able to justify it in some way, it still doesn't mean we're walking in the truth. It means we're, it means we're, we're twisting the truth to fit ourselves. And so we're not talking about legalism here. We're not talking about obeying the commandments to, for righteousness or for salvation or any of those kinds of things. But the Bible says that if you walk in love, you fulfill our, the commandments. It doesn't mean you make them go away. It means you, you bring the commandments to their ultimate goal, to their ultimate intention. And so believing on Jesus and what he taught, if I'm a disciple, that's what I do. I believe on, on his commandments, his, the way he interpreted all the commandments, the way he showed me. And all of these commandments, like I said, they are authoritative prescriptions. So <clears throat> there's, remember, Jesus didn't come and lower the bar. He didn't come and say, okay, I'm going to take everything God said in the past. I'm going I'm I'm to I'm dummy it down so you guys can make it. No, he said, I, you're going to be born again. You're going to get a new heart. The Spirit of God and grace and power is going to come inside you. And, um, and because you know you're loved and accepted of God and you're not fighting with guilt and condemnation, because you know that your sins are forgiven, I want you to understand I'm raising the standard of everything that God ever said to love. So you, so it's not just that you're going to, that that this is your commitment but you're going to do this from love. Why? Because that's what the commandments were all about anyhow. It was about how to treat people, how to treat people in love. So there's no difference between the commandments of the Old Testament and the commandments of Jesus other than the motive of love. So if we believe on Jesus, we believe what He taught. If we walk in love, we apply what He taught from God's motives. Now, if your feelings lead you, your beliefs... And your behavior will be determined by how you feel, not by what the Bible says. So we have got to come to this place where we realize I have to make choices about how I'm going to live, the quality of life how I'm going to treat people, how I'm going to talk to people. If I'm going to walk in love, if I've made walking in love my ultimate goal in life, then I'm going to walk in love based on how God's Word says to treat other people. How to treat treat my wife, how to treat my kids, how to treat God, how to manage my money. All of these things are based on loving God, loving people, and being able to love yourself. And so so I'm going to look at this. I'm going to make these choices and then I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit in me. If I, see, if I make the choice to walk in any aspect of God's Word, then the Holy Spirit will not only guide me, but He will empower me. That's what grace is all about. Grace is about God empowering us. You know, it's a really interesting thing, and I've said this before. There, in the Greek language, there is no difference between the word believe and obey functionally. In other words, there is no concept in the Greek language of believing something and not obeying it, not putting it into practice. Now, we break things up into into intellectual compartmentalization and we say, I believe this, I just don't do it. No, if you don't do it, you don't believe it. And so we've got to make choices and we've got to choose what we're going to believe based on the Word of God as taught, as modeled uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit will guide us in the practical application of that, and the Holy Spirit will empower us. So the Word of God should be our prescription. Now listen, when your choices guide your beliefs, you can trust your feelings because these beliefs ultimately create feelings. But when your feelings guide your beliefs then you can't trust your beliefs, and you can't trust your choices, and you can't trust your feelings. So the question is, what's really influencing my feelings? And I want my feelings about myself. I want my feelings about life. I want my feelings about everything to be the result of, number one, choosing to believe God's truth. I want to, uh, I want to choose God's truth, and I, I want to start with, how much God loves me. Now, this is where everything starts. The Bible says that all of the love of God is connected around one primary thing, and that's the fact that Jesus became our propitiation for sin. God loved us so much. God had so many so much value for us that He sent Jesus to pay this incredible price for us. And as I begin to feel loved, it's just like a marriage. This is why God uses marriage. Uh, uh to help us understand our relationship to him i'll I tell you as marriage gets perverted it becomes harder and harder for people to have models to understand what it is to relate to god but you know in your marriage the more you are secure in your spouse's love the more stability you have in that relationship the more you the more you trust them and and you, you know you won 't worry about your spouse cheating on you or betraying you if you feel their love if you are and if you're connected it's not and see, it's not enough that they love you the question is are you connecting in such a way that you are experiencing that love now if if we're not experiencing god's love we will never be whole we'll never be stable because god's love is the source of life it's the source of stability you know psychology has come to realize that love is our greatest need. You know, babies uh, uh, were, uh, were done. This was done in a test. I said babies were put into nurseries and um, they were not given any loving touch. And there was another group that received affection. Well, what was interesting, the group that did not receive affection, literally they began dying physically. See, apart from the experience of the love of God, no person is able to love us enough to give us that stability. But if we don't if we don't experience that, then pretty soon our relationship with God, we just start dying because we're just like those babies in that nursery. We're, we're dying from a lack of affection, and our relationship with God dies. And even if we're going to church and even if we're saying the same words, we're not passionately in love with God. But I want to tell you something. And we connect to God's love, and it's stable. It doesn't come and go. It doesn't ebb and flow. It doesn't change with with, with our issues and with our struggles. And we connect with that, We connect with something that is able to provide us with a sense of stability that never changes no matter what goes on around us. I want to tell you something. God loves you in ways that you can't imagine. God loves you in ways that will cause uh, you to be able to trust Him in every situation. And you know, that's what I want. I want in every situation to have emotional stability. I want to have a sense of, of, of feeling God's love in such a way that I have no inclination to, to go off the rails. I have no inclination to give in to fear or unreasonable thinking or rejection or all those kinds of struggles. I, I, I want to constantly stay connected to God's love in such a way that no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's happening, I always, always, always feel safe in God's love. Listen, if you want people to know about God's love, be sure and click the like button below because I'm going to tell you something. People need to hear this message. People need to know how to connect to the heart of God and enter in this place of knowing and feeling the love of God. So the greatest thing is going to change as this happens in your life, by the way, is going to be your ability to receive and your ability to give love. Listen, I'll be right back with the mentoring moment. Don't go away. Knowing and feeling the love of God is going to be one of the most important series you've ever heard. I'm telling you, there's going to be hours of teaching that's going to connect the dots on you and show you how to walk this path so that the love of God isn't something you just think about or quote scriptures about. It's what's driving your life. I hope you're making plans to join me in Huntsville, Alabama for Impact World Changer Weekend. You know, every year our world changers come here together and we just have a big celebration. We enjoy God, we have incredible worship, we have incredible special music and we have an incredible word of God. I'll tell you this year, I'm gonna be talking about the ultimate revelation, the ultimate manifestation of God. I'm telling you, this is gonna be something that's gonna open your eyes in ways that are just going to stabilize your faith and stabilize your life. And open your eyes to more aspects of God's goodness than you ever imagined. So be sure, July 14th through the 16th plan to be here. Now listen, there's no registration fee, but because of limited space, you have to register. And if you've never been to one of these, uh, be sure and make it to this one. And if you've got friends that you want to bring with you as a world changer, you're welcome to bring your friends as long as they're all registered so we can have enough room. Because it's going to be a party. You're going to have a great time. I want to see you here. If you're following Jesus as a disciple, then you want to start where he said to start. And where it all starts is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And Jesus said that that we should teach people to obey his commandments. Well, that was one of his commandments. So one of the questions that we have to ask is this, and and I want you to be very real about this. Do I really love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my mind? In other words... Do I always look forward to time with God? I'm not saying how much you pray or how much you don't pray, but do I look forward to it? Do I crave spend time in His presence? Am I hungry to know uh, what He's saying to me today? Is uh, Are His feelings uh, precious to me? Do I guard our relationship? In other words, is this the most important relationship in my life? And if it's not, you don't beat yourself up. But if it's not, you say, okay, how do I make this journey where connecting with God, being in love with God becomes the most important thing in my life. Well, you will remember, just like I said earlier, uh, once we know what the truth is, then everything from that point on begins with a decision. Would you be willing to make the decision, Father, I want to love you more than I love anything, more than I love anybody, more than I love myself, now, And you got to realize that this means also I'm going to love what you love. you got to make that choice. And once you make that choice, then the next step becomes I've got to start investing in my beliefs. And the way you invest in your beliefs, and or let me put it this way, this is what I did. When I made this decision on New Year's Eve of 1981 that I wanted to walk in love and know God's love more than anything else in life, uh, One of the first decisions I made was every single day I'm going to invest in myself either through reading and meditating on the Word, reading a book, or listening to something that reminds me and reconnects me to the love of God. Make your decision, make your plan, then commit yourself to the grace of God and He'll empower it to happen in your life.